0: To our frequent podcast called Wear Many Hats, inspired by Ethan Hawkey. Throughout the year, I, David Punter, the Business Development Director for Hawkey Cleaning Support Services, shall be interviewing prominent FM and procurement subject matter experts across a range of industry market sectors. It is these people with their wealth of knowledge and experience that will inspire the next generation of young professionals. Our objective is to share our guests' stories and experiences to help motivate, engage and inspire others into the industry. Through Wear Many Hats podcast, we hope our listeners will gain new perspectives, insights and learn about strategies to develop their careers in the procurement FM business. It gives me great pleasure to introduce Kuda. And you are from? Yeah,
1: I um, am actually based at UK Parliament where I'm consulting. Um, yeah, I've been there for about four years now.
0: Okay, it's a, it was great to have you here today, uh, Kuda. And um, without further ado, that leads, leads me into the first set of um, questions. So just to get a little bit of an understanding, um, Kuda, um, about your journey, um, can you tell us, um, um, for the listeners, um, what was your journey um, to enter into a career in procurement?
1: I actually didn't um, decide to go into procurement. Um, I started as a quantity surveyor. Okay. In fact, I had a construction management degree, so I wanted to be a project manager. And um, then when I came to the UK, uh, there were more opportunities in quantity surveying. So my recruiter said, look, if you wanna get a job quick, um, you know, get a role in uh, as a QS. And um, so, yeah, I I worked as a quantity surveyor for a number of years until um, 2010. That's when I started getting involved in procurement, where I worked on the Crossrail project and I procured the first station at Crossrail. um.
0: Okay, so probably one of the largest um, construction, recent construction projects in the UK. Yes. So when uh, so originally you're from um, Zimbabwe, correct? And then you studied uh, at uh, university in Cape Town. Uh, you yeah. mentioned to me. So you came over to the UK in in 1999. In 1999. Yeah, that's right. And 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 then started with that uh, Crossrail project. Is that right? No,
1: I um in 1999 I I took a year to, to to it took me a year to get it. To get a, a, a role in Q, I think it was quite. It was quite difficult to to break through. And uh, my first role was actually at uh, Balfabiti,
0: oh, okay, uh, Balfabiti,
1: pro, pro, yeah, project management um called Here International Limited, where I was an assistant QS. And then um, I moved there to to Bar Hill Construction, they um, specialize in tunnels right yeah after after Hill, i then moved to st george for a very short time about eight months they build a uh, luxury f- um flats along the thames Battersea, you know around Battersea area okay and, um, um then uh gnt garden and a big consultant firm they uh, came calling uh that's when i say my career turned around i I started doing all sorts of things, uh, you know, QSing stuff, cost planning, procurement. And I worked at uh, London Olympics uh, 2012, uh, where I was doing quite a um, uh, procurement and being a QS as well. Uh, but at Crossrail, that was my first dedicated procurement role, where I wasn't a quantity surveyor, I was um, actually a, I, I got there as a procurement manager. Okay. My focus was um, to procure the first station, and um, uh, it was quite enjoyable. But I then got an email from Abu Dhabi and said, "Oh, we are looking for a, a project auditor." I was like, "Oh, yeah, I've done auditing before um, for Gardner and Theobald," and um, that's that's when I went to, to, to the UAE for three years. Is it what? As an auditor. As so you US. were based in, um, in Abu Dhabi or
0: Dubai? In Abu Dubai? Dhabi. In Abu, oh, Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. okay. That's right.
1: Yeah. And I actually became a qualified auditor because I like reading.
0: <laughs> okay. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And so what is it now that you like about your procurement role? It's um, my procurement
1: role has evolved in parliament. I started as a head of procurement. Um, I'm, I'm a consultant in the par- parliament, but I started as a, a head of procurement. Now I'm into uh, commercial strategy. Okay. I, I'm a very strategic person. Um, I did an MBA at Warwick and actually specialized in strategy. So I do understand strategy intuitively. And, um, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful at Parliament. They realize my strength and they say, could that this is actually a strength? And, uh, so I, I see, uh, quite a lot of things, you know, before they happen, I can plan and all that. So, you know, I've been doing this now for, um, for a year now and, um, we're coming up with, um, you know, good, good, um, strategies, um, to make sure that we are more efficient in terms of how we procure.
0: Okay so, so you are advising parliament to be efficient in their procurement process co- correct
1: and what i enjoy most about my role is meeting stakeholders needs and exceeding them i just want stakeholders to be happy it's very difficult in procurement to make stakeholders happy but uh, when you see a stakeholder happy it's just it's just um, it's it, it 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 gives me satisfaction i always tell young people that The most important skill in procurement is not your technical knowledge, it's stakeholder management. If you get that right, everything else falls into place.
0: Okay. Yeah. So technical management, you're saying, is one of the key things. Stakeholder management. Stakeholder management. That's right. So, I mean, that moves me on to a question here is that um, which skills, I mean, you mentioned one there, uh, which skills are required to do your job?
1: Um, yeah, as I said, stakeholder management is number one. Then, of course, you have to have the technical understanding. Um, you know, in, for example, in facilities management, you've got to understand how things work. Um, you have to understand what's reactive maintenance, what's planned maintenance, you know, energy management. And um, you have to understand the, the, the supplier market, you know, uh, who are the suppliers out there. Um, and you have to understand what is the best way of working? Is it transactional? Is it collaborative? The approach nowadays is much more collaborative. Suppliers prefer to be collaborative uh, with with their clients. So, yeah, so the technical understanding is is key, but also you have to understand, have legal knowledge. We work in what we call a regulated industry in the sense that there's procurement regulations. Well, you have to treat suppliers fairly. The market likes it when they see that we are treating them fairly because they, can, they know they can bid knowing that they've got their chance. So um, understanding of procurement regulations is key. And do you think
0: the government have treated suppliers fairly in the past?
1: I, I think so. I think they've done... They've done There's been a quite a lot of bad press on that. I know. I mean, I know that you're going to bring that up around COVID, but um, you've got to understand that, you know, we were going through a difficult time where we had to react uh, were quickly. you involved in that process? No, I, I wasn't. But we also um, intervened. Um, you know, some suppliers who were struggling to, yeah, to intervene, following government's advice that you got to support the suppliers. Some of our contracts had too much risk before COVID. I yeah. said, you manage that risk. For example, the supply chain risk, if you procure things from China or from um, anywhere abroad. But there were COVID risks along the way, supply chain constraints we had to adjust some of our clauses in the contract to make sure that we don't actually necessarily pass on that risk to the contractors or even just rising of material prices. Do you think lessons were learned? Less- lessons were learned. I mean we we uh, I, I think as is is government parliament and um you know we are bureaucratic organizations mm. and uh, we are not agile by our nature and whereas COVID required us to be very agile. So some of the criticism comes from there in terms of why didn't we have, a, um, you know, clear procedures and how to quickly procure, in, in, in for, you know, COVID, especially COVID materials. But for, for Parliament, I mean, we're not involved in, in that, but it's the government as well, because we are separate, you know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah so,
0: you are yeah. providing a consultancy capacity. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I think it would be unfair on our listeners if I didn't ask the question. Yeah, that's a, um, I know.
1: I, I always get asked the question anyway. <laughs> which,
0: which? Um, so let's say for, for, for you, what, what does a typical day look like? Um, my, my day,
1: uh, it's interesting. No day is the same because um, even though I... My my main role is strategy. I also provide advice uh on on a different type of contracts or ways of procurement. So I can't even predict my day. Mm-hmm. You know, um someone would come up with a very difficult question, which you know, or an easy question, or we could end up meeting an interesting stakeholder, you know. So um my typical day, it's it's difficult to, to plan. But it's always fulfilling in the end because I tend to solve problems on the hoof. Okay. It's one of the things in my role.
0: But you said you're strategic as well though. I'm
1: strategic as well. But in terms of the thinking, you know, you got to be able to solve problems quickly and okay. provide advice. It could be strategic advice as well. Yeah. You know, because I work with other heads of procurement who also will uh, be working on various strategies mm-hmm. and they could come up and say, Right, how do we do this? And I'll provide them that, you know. Okay. I
0: suppose uh, um and I wanna just uh, Go back to a a, a thing you mentioned about stakeholder management, and some of our listeners won't necessarily understand that term. Oh, that's true. Um, Can you just elaborate a little bit on that, what you mean by stakeholder management as a um, a skill that's required for your job? Yeah.
1: Um, uh, I'm sorry to use terminology that's sort of common in our industry, but stakeholders are just people. People in different uh, capacities, different departments. This could be... uh, Uh, directors for businesses could be engineers could be project managers Uh, we call them internal stakeholders because they are based they'll be based within um, the organization yeah but there are some who are like companies who are outside like for example suppliers contractors we call them external stakeholders okay that's right
0: so you have internal and external stakeholders but then you mentioned about the management thereof
1: those people. Yeah, it's managing relationships. At the end okay. of the day, you are working with people,
0: and you got to have good relationships. So, so the, the the soft aspects of uh, uh, skill sets need to come into play here, uh, over and above. It's number one. Okay,
1: it is number one. I mean, you if you know how to speak to people, how to deal with people, because you're going to meet people who are angry, who are not going to be happy with your service, who uh, who think that this procurement is late. Uh, this contract has to be done issued by this time and it's it's running late and um you've got to respond to them well you've got to have very very good relationships and it's a uh, it's fulfilling when you see that even if when you're facing challenges you're able to deal with those challenges and solve challenges for the people that you work with okay yeah
0: and what would you say um to someone um, by way of advice if they were starting their career off in FM procurement? Um,
1: I would say they need to understand what facilities management is all about. Okay. Uh, they need to do a research of the industry. Um, they need to understand- Where would they go for that research? Um, f- first of all, the first thing you do is just go on Google. Yeah. And say, what is facilities management? And you will see what, what it is all about. I mean, you search on the internet and uh, talk to people or go on LinkedIn, link with people who work in facilities management, talk to them about their day job, what yeah. is it that they experience. If you see contractors on Google or internet that provide facilities management, ask them what they do. You know, so there's so many sources of information okay. that you can go to. You know. Are there
0: any sort of uh, professional groups that they could join or anything like that?
1: Yeah, I mean the uh the British Industry Facilities um Management Group, okay. BIFM, um that you can join, it's a, it's a, you know, it's IWFM. IWFM. Yeah. That's right. Okay. <laughs> IWFM and um they um they've got a wide range of resources that you can,
0: yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um looking um now specifically at facilities management, um would you say, has the way um, facilities management procurement changed over the years?
1: Yes, it's, it's, it's changing. I mean, in, in the way that it's, it's, it's becoming more collaborative and okay.
0: less, less of um, transactional. Is uh, that just lip service on collaborative or is it really collaborative? Um, it's, it's, it's real
1: collaborative. We would like to believe that we are becoming more collaborative, but suppliers might say something different. They might feel that we need to have closer relationships. We need to plan things together, okay. you know, because certain organizations, they might find themselves without uh, enough capacity of resources or uh, capability as well, skills shortage. Yeah. And you find that suppliers have got these, uh, these skills. Mm-hmm. So over the years, I think we've become more collaborative and also- you
0: think the government have though?
1: I think so, because we, we, we do recommend, um, you know, there are collaborative contracts out there, like the new engineering contracts. Okay. Um, recently, they've actually now have one for facilities management, and the new engineering NEC contract is a collaborative contract. Okay. That's right.
0: Yeah. Great. Um, and, I mean, what uh, you said you were involved in the Olympics and stuff. Was that a collaborative uh, contract? Um it was because we were um using the new engineering
1: contract that was the one that was endorsed by uh government okay. to be used and um, all the yeah the, the 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 way we set up the contracts we set up frameworks where we work with our uh contractors it's really low cog
0: wasn't it yeah 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 okay and um another question that we get uh, i uh, I've been asking uh, many of our um, guests is that with the advent of online meetings through um, Zoom and Teams, do you think uh, this um, has affected the way strong relationships with suppliers can be fostered? Oh, yes. Um, in a negative or a positive way? Yeah, in a negative way. I think it's, it's difficult.
1: The one-to-one is very important. You meet suppliers, you know, it's, because meetings online tends to be formal. You've got limited time, you know, um, and you end up focusing on the agenda. But having tea okay, together, yeah, having tea together um, is is very important. You sit down and you go, or even going to the pub, you know, and to, it's socializing and interacting with suppliers is far much is very important. What the Online meetings they've done, they've removed that aspect. Correct. Yeah, even brainstorming sessions. You know, doing brainstorming online is really difficult. You know, sometimes you want a piece of paper that you can put on the wall Mm -hmm. and um, you work with your suppliers finding solutions for your organisations. Do
0: you think it's taking the fun out of business? It's
1: taken the fun out of business. I I I struggled with it in the early days and said, "What are we gonna do? Actually, mm. we we're, we're gonna are we gonna produce anything?" Um, but we are coming back now to to those good old days of. Um, um, interacting suppliers face-to-face. So we're setting up supplier engagement sessions and all that, yeah.
0: But do you think Zoom and Teams and etc. those those uh, things still have a place? Still have a place. I think technology
1: sometimes might not replace uh, the way we did things, but complement and improve the way we did things. So, yeah, it's still very important because now you can have, you know, long meeting suppliers all over the world,
0: you know, at the same time. Yeah. That, that's quite that's what unique it gets, yeah. yeah that's that that is uh, a real positive mm-hmm. of it yeah going on to that is that do you think um you know the pandemic covid and the way that we now work has kept suppliers and procurers more at arm's length than before yes um,
1: because of the way technology you know separates us in terms of less uh, personal indirections okay it has kept us yeah definitely at lamb's length you know for example if you are talking to a supplier who is based in china or who is based in the states you might have uh, internet issues and all that that might affect the quality of
0: your conversation altogether and yeah. also humor gets lost it, it gets lost
1: on... it, 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 it it becomes more formal
0: yes you know? you're right yeah um what is the next be- uh, big thing in procurement to look
1: out for? The next big thing is uh, actually artificial intelligence. Okay. Um, you know, people talking about chat but that's not the only program. There are various programs coming out. And that's the next big thing in terms of how that's going to impact procurement. I think, you know, AI will not take jobs away from us uh, in procurement, but it will make our tasks Easier, uh, faster, more efficient. Um, We, it will complement the way uh, we. It will complement
0: our activities, basically. Yeah, that's an interesting viewpoint, and I think that um, I I, I share that. Um, I don't want to give my opinions to listeners here, but uh, is that yes? I think it 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 can. um, A lot of people say it will speed up productivity of the of a process. Um, to, and enable to get to to the the end goal uh and and things and I, I think it will not necessarily people will lose jobs. I think there would just just be as an enhancement to it um, yeah I, I think
1: so and uh, uh, what organizations need to do is just to uh, be ready for that to train their staff to use uh, all these um programs that are coming through um every that are coming every day. Basically. I
0: mean, obviously you're involved in government procurement and, and, and consulting for them in their, in their procurement process. Are you advising them of the benefits of AI? Not, not, not,
1: not even yet. Um, it's, I think AI has taken us by surprise. There is no strategy right now. Every organization should have an AI strategy, but we don't. And why? Because we are learning. We're actually understanding what it is, what's the impact,
0: But you're a strategic person, so maybe you're the person to have that strategy.
1: Exactly. I'm learning about it so that we can see how it can make it better. I mean, I use it personally Mm. on uh, various things and I can see where it's going to make things better. But um, for organisations, governments, parliaments... um, you know, they, they, there's a need to come up with a strategy in terms of how to deal with AI. There has to be an AI lead yeah. and how it's going to impact the organizations. I think it's positive. The AI is really a positive development. But how do you embrace it? There's security consideration to think about. Absolutely, You cannot be inputting uh, uh, security-sensitive data on an AI program because it's got to be hosted somewhere. What about if it's hosted in an uh, enemy state? mm and all that information is being harvested. I
0: yeah. mean, what I mean. This is a, obviously another podcast session or something on AI alone. <laughs> That's it's true. Big, it's a massive. It's a massive yeah. topic. But it does seem rather strange that we're not hearing that our government in the UK has woken up as quickly to this. We are quite, uh, in, a, in a typically English way, always slow to play catch up. Um, yeah. And I and I say that as an Englishman myself, and 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 uh, we're always slow to pay catch up on those sort of things. So no, I you, think I need to defend government there. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, okay, but it's a it's a, as I say, it's a topic yeah. for a, another, another day. That's another right. Another day, but it's yeah. certainly you've touched on some interesting things there. Yeah. Um, how important are um, e- equality, diversity, uh, and inclusion issues? Um, affecting today's procurement decisions?
1: They're, they're really important because they uh, enhance your brand image. Yeah. They also um, enhance, you know, diverse teams. Um, they enhance uh, pro- productivity.
0: Um, so. Do you think the government's still giving lip service to this? Or is it really um, I, can't I can't
1: talk on behalf of the government, but I can say that uh, when at parliament... It's it's our success story. We have really it's a very very diverse. Mm. Um, we've got, um, you know, uh, women in in very senior positions. Yeah. We've got people of colour in very senior positions. I mean, we've got uh, Rich Sinak as the it's the prime minister. You yes. can see. And our um, first
0: minister in Scotland as well. Exactly.
1: So um, they are paying, you know, we, we're just talking about inclusivity. Mm. But also in terms of how we procure, we think about the social value, which is part of, you know, EDI,
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, in terms of how does our Procurement affects our the environment. What are the social benefits they bring to to society? You know, so we th- you know we think about sustainability. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, so and how all
0: important that. are sustainability issues with uh, a supplier that you work with? It's they're very very important. We really
1: make sure that our our supply chain they're clean and um, they are you know taking resources from sustainable. They're using um, resources sustainably, they're not damaging the environment. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's those things that we really consider, and it influences
0: the design. You, uh, on sustainability, obviously, it covers also the due diligence in terms of sustainability, in terms of the economic sustainability as well as environmental and social. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of thinking: are decisions made on you know a company's social standing in terms of its uh, uh, you know modern day um, slavery act and all of those particular things as well does it are those big considerations very big considerations okay. in parliament you know um
1: modern slavery we all of us have been trained in procurement in terms of identifying that and we actually score suppliers okay. on that basis you know it's very we assess suppliers they have to satisfy modern slavery standard. you know to okay. make sure that their supply chain is quite clean
0: absolutely you know. um, What's I mean? You obviously touch on AI and artificial intelligence and stuff, but what's the next trend in procurement that suppliers need to wake up to? Um, yeah, AI, but also there are also other technological
1: advances um, that are coming about blo- blockchain. Well, let's not forget blockchain because blockchain
0: is the- <laughs> a new new army. On
1: blockchain is, is um, increases transparency in terms of transparency of contracts. Uh, some transparency of the uh, supply chain um again the, you know all these even just the data analytics, all organizations are accumulating data on a daily basis, and they need to be able to analyze that data
0: okay that's right yeah so blockchain means uh, blockchain to, sorry i'm a bit simple sometimes.
1: no 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 that's right blockchain it's a, it's a pro it's a program which enhances um you can actually put your contract, which is called smart contracts, okay. on the blockchain. Um, it in, it enhances transparency. I think you've heard about Bitcoin. Yes, that's right. It's based on a broad, broad uh, blockchain uh, program. That's yeah. Okay. So what what it does? It just enhances supply, you know, um, uh, transparency in the supply chain, which is very key. We're talking about modern slavery and all that.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: and those programs like that they do. Um, they do help in terms of transparency. So, I mean, I think blockchain has been overtaken by AI. But before AI, that's that's the big thing that people have been talking about.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's right. Well, I will do my research on blockchain. <laughs> um, I'm okay with AI, but blockchain, I need to, that's a new one on me. So, that's right. thank you for that. Um, now, just on a, a little bit of a negative, really, but what's your biggest regret in your career to date?
1: That I didn't go into procurement much earlier as as a profession. I did procurement as a quant surveyor doing subcontract procurements, but not the way, you know, I was. Didn't do it in
0: the order you wanted to do it.
1: Exactly. I think I would have started the procurement from, from day one because I really enjoy it because you can influence, uh, organizations. You make a difference. You make, you make a difference. You can see the difference you make. Because, you know, we're talking about EDI, social value. You can see the benefits that you're bringing to society in the way you procure things.
0: Yeah. Um, And on on that note, is that what's your um, greatest achievement in your career to date?
1: I think greatest achievement is to be where I am today. I mean, I had to work hard. And um, 2019, in fact, in 2014, I was working at at a high-speed rail.
0: Okay.
1: Um, um, as a procurement manager. And um, then I said, I I had this moment one day I thought, how can I be the best in the industry? I gave myself a five-year plan. I said, right, I want to be known in this industry. And so in five years... In, in 2019, I was appointed head of procurement. I did uh, did my first consulting for the World Bank. Mm-hmm. I used to write reports on an annual basis on how UK procurement is working, getting published, you know, and then um, going into conferences and things like that. But this this was planned. I had to work hard, sleepless mm-hmm. nights, um, learn a lot. So my achievement is to be where I am, and I aim higher. Yeah.
0: So I mean. Uh, you, you've you've been over in the UK for quite some time since uh, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Um, where would you say then we are UK on the ranking in terms of procurement? Where do we stand?
1: I think we are we are we are leading because we got SIPS. SIPS is the body.
0: Of... So we're leading above other Western nations. Oh, definitely.
1: You know why? Because you know I've traveled around the world and they talk about um, the SIPS qualification is everywhere.
0: But who's the top nation in, in procurement then? Oh,
1: UK. Am I just
0: saying that? Oh, no, I
1: think it's because I've you know I've travelled around the world and people want it. Maybe it's because um, mainly I've travelled in Africa as well. Uh, most African countries they say they want to do SIPS. Because it's, it's the standard. It's a gold standard in procurement. And I've seen adverts in America for American jobs saying that either have SIPs or their qualification has forgotten the name. Okay. Yeah. They recognize SIPs. It's, it's, okay. Well, yeah. that's, I mean, that's yeah. a
0: real uh, flag-waving moment for the UK. Uh, thank yeah. you for that. And it's yeah. uh, it's just interesting to know, obviously, being a subject matter expert in your field to, to yeah. see where you, you know, uh, see the UK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, What things, finally, um, what things in life, um, it could be work, it could be leisure, that give you the greatest satisfaction and enjoyment? Travelling. I enjoy travelling. Clearly. Oh, yes. So, you know, I have,
1: um, I've been to um, Niagara Falls and Victoria Falls in a year, just to compare the, the falls, so. (laughs) <laughs> Which one is big, it's I've only
0: been to the one, so I've been to the <laughs> Victoria Falls, but not the other one. But uh, I'm sure they're both equally as beautiful. Equally as beautiful
1: and fascinating. I uh, enjoy traveling around the world, yeah.
0: Okay, and where's your next um, destination?
1: Um, I've not been to East Asia, um, like Malaysia, Thailand, and yeah, I definitely want I to I thoroughly
0: go. recommend it. Yes. <laughs> so they might uh, have a, a need for your procurement expertise, I'm sure.
1: Oh, all oh, right. Is it, um, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the food. It's an
0: interesting market. <laughs> um, well, that's the end of our 12th episode of Wear Many Hats podcast. We hope uh, our listeners have found this uh, also an interesting uh, listen, as I have. Um, we'd like to thank uh, Kuda for taking the chair today. It's uh, been both thought provoking and engaging. Um, thank you very much for coming. Um, and we welcome our listeners feedback um, later when this is published thank you once again
1: oh thank you thanks to you